0: You're listening to
1: Hot Garbage.
2: Hello, Welcome to another episode of the Hot Garbage Podcast, your weekly music playlist. Thank you so much for being here this week and checking out the show. We hope you have a good time, and if you do, we hope you tell a friend about it. My name is Drew. Joining me, as always, is the humidifier to my Vix Vaporub, my dear friend
1: Andy. Boomly, whoa! Oh shit, that's I, back. I, I I shouldn't do that. It must be summertime. Someone's it's summertime, toasting. I'm feeling that those smooth reggae jams. Yeah. You know what else I'm feeling? What's is that? A slight bout of maybe salmonella poisoning. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I, I came you inside eat some the lettuce bit. recently. Well, no my uh, E. Coli. Yeah, you could get it that way. I came inside today, and my daughter cracked I don't know six or eight raw eggs on my kitchen table and the floor surrounding the kitchen table. So I spent a good forty-five minutes cleaning up like egg yolks with my hands. Oh, and licking your fingers. Just yeah, I don't want to waste all that yummy eggy goodness. So I'm gonna just, yeah. You're feeling my it. You're feeling like the early, uh, the it's getting to be high tide in
2: Salmonella Beach. Well, I I live my
1: life in a slight state of Salmonella at all times, <laughs> so like I don't really feel any different. But I'm just saying for anybody else who came in, I I just want to make sure you guys knew don't lick any of my counters or floors or your fingers or. Um. I don't yeah. Know. I'm sort of a
2: nail biter don't sometimes, so maybe I got a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, a little bit's good for you.
2: Yeah. Um, Andy, our silent partner Nate, is with us as he is each and every week making the sound happen. And i got to ask both of you guys, what the hell is Super Deluxe?
1: Oh, that is a new fast food burger adventure by the uh, creator of Box Boxer Ramen and uh, Blue Star Donuts. Bullshit.
2: So I've been driving by what was formerly a taco time on the way to your the studio each mm-hmm. and every week thinking, oh, they're rebuilding and refurbishing a Taco Time.
1: It looked like it did. The same choice came in uh, everything. And they're
2: making... I was really... I was proud of the neighborhood for keeping a taco time alive and actually refreshing it and i was proud of the neighborhood for vandalizing that effort every time they put on a fresh coat of paint i was proud of both parties for you know two steps forward one step back Mm -hmm. It's in the spirit of a taco time then i drive by today it's got like new siding like it's an apartment complex and it's super fucking deluxe come on i'm not
1: going to pass any judgments till i try it because what they're saying is they're going to give us uh, quality fast food quality At fast a regular food. price that sounds We'll see They're, t- they're taking The, the delicious uh, I don't know You've had Blue Star Donuts right If you live yeah, in Portland You've probably tried it They suck I think they're really good I think they're very overpriced For what they are But they're yeah. very well executed donuts
2: What I'm saying is they, The the value you get out of them Is low
1: value So it could be a really good low Tiny value. burger value
2: Yeah I bet it is But I bet it's going to be You know more expensive than a similar tasting burger anywhere else.
1: And they're going to be competing with a Taco Bell and a Burger King, well, both of which, in my opinion, are the worst out of the, each of those in the entire city. Yeah. The worst Burger King the worst Taco But I've
2: Bell. never rooted so hard for Taco Bell, or so yeah. proudly for Taco Bell. Yeah. Not into Super Deluxe Portland. <laughs> what I am into, however, is this week's episode. We had a great episode this week with Portland comedian Dylan Jenkins was our guest. Yeah, Dylan hosts a weekly show At Ape House Theater every Friday at 8 p.m. It's called Standing Upright. So you can see him and friends every single Friday, which is great. Um, You can also follow him on Instagram to see where he's performing regionally. It's Dylan Jenkins 89 on Instagram. And we suggest that you do. Because as you'll see during this episode, super funny guy super uh, like, interesting and thoughtful person about what he does as a comedian and uh, just one of the friendliest guys we've had in the studio in quite some time. So we think yeah, you'll great have an mm-hmm. excellent time uh, as we did with our new friend Dylan Jenkins on this week's episode of Hot Garbage. Comedy that I'm hoping you can answer for me. Okay. um, As a comedian yourself. So when you think about learning a new skill, there's like usually. Uh, it's a challenge a lot at first, and then you pick up like one little thing that sets you on your path to gradually getting better. But getting to that one thing can be a little bit tricky. Like if you're learning to play guitar, you know you can learn a G chord, you can learn a D chord, but the thing is going between G them D. smoothly. Oh yeah. Or if you're playing drums, getting that foot on the offbeat, you're like, oh, it just starts happening. What is that in comedy? As you're as you're developing as a comedian, what is that little thing that you're like, okay, now I've I can start making some headway. Well, I
3: and think, in fucking. <laughs> yeah. Answer them uh, in whichever order you prefer. Uh, humping the stool is the game changer. No, I would. <laughs> nice. I thought I so. would definitely. I think getting to you—you you have to acknowledge the room in some way, and I mean, s- some places are set up ideally, like at a nice comedy club where everyone's seating the right way, or just whatever. You can go and you can just get right into it. But so many times with comedy, you're doing like open mics at bars or just random places, and weird shit'll happen. Mm. And so, like, you have to acknowledge something weird when it happens because, as an like, like if say the person before me, you know, got naked on stage or something crazy, started smoking crack on stage, and then Uh gets kicked out. If I'm the next comic and I go up. And I don't mention the person that just got naked or smoked crack like right. or at the same time did both. Exactly. Yeah. The audience is gonna be like, Well, what the fuck? I thought this was a comedian and some crazy thing just happened <laughs> yeah. and you just go right into your materialist. So you and so you learn that you have to address like whatever crazy thing that's happened.
2: Now, is there a subtlety to it? So let's say it's not a crack smoking nudist. Mm-hmm. It's it's something like you know um, I don't know just a little thing.
3: Do you feel like you have to acknowledge the room no matter what, or is it only when it's this bigger uh, event? Well, I think that there's definitely uh, there's subtle ways to do everything, and but really like I feel you only have to address something if it's something that is noticeable to everyone. Gotcha. Because there are things if you go up. And you, you know, you start going off something that most people aren't noticing. It can be distracting, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's n- there's no like set ground rules, but it's just something you learn from trial and error. It's interesting because it sounds
2: like really what that means is sort of if you have to figure out a way to convey that you're in this moment to
3: exactly, these people, and people can are are sensitive to you being present and and real one hundred percent. Like because it's it's kind of it's the difference kind of between comedy and music. You know, you go up there, music, you play the song people want to hear that song, you know, but comedy is this, it's more, you know, you rely on the audience. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's it's a give and take, you know, it's, the audience is part of the show. And so it's, yeah, it's just, it's definitely, it's kind of establishing a sort of a trust with the audience. It's like, so you go up, you make a quick, like little jab about something that happened. The audience is like, okay, yeah, he saw, they saw what we saw and they make, it's just it's a great way because when it works, you get them you got them in the palm of your hand. Then
1: you're just you're cooking with grease. That's I think they nice. call that the see something say something method.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, like oh shit, is that an unattended bag in this airport? Like I'm I'm yes. going to bring yeah. it up. Yeah, it's the C- comedic e- equivalent.
2: Exact same of that. <laughs> What was the um? What do you remember working best about like your best night on stage?
3: Um, well, shit, you know sometimes sometimes the work's already been done for you by like the ho like a great host. Yeah. And, and people are warm. Yeah. People are warmed up and everything's set and you just, you just got to go out and, you know, do anything. Like yeah. Sometimes it's things You're line up in and some flames yeah. and, and then there are other ready. times when you really have to like, really have to work for it. Um, but I don't like the first, the first show that I had that really just went great was, uh, Amy Miller, former Portland comic, she's now in L.A. Yeah, so get, yeah. A, amazing comic. She had a show. She had a monthly show here called Midnight Mass, which was awesome. It was the last Saturday of every month at Funhouse Lounge, and i i got uh, I got to do a spot. I got to do the opening five minute spot, and, which was a huge deal, and just went up. And the first joke just worked, and it, that that was like the first set where it was. Like the laughs were coming in a way where I was like, I only have five minutes. I need you guys to stop laughing because I need to get through. That's not. That's a great problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that was just one of the first times where, I mean, it was just a short set, but you know, you just you work on writing these jokes and getting them to a way that you can deliver them kind of seamlessly and make it seem spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And I feel that was the first one that really, I left being like, okay, that was awesome. But I can't, I think it was just kind of like I'd been practicing and then I was put in a situation to succeed and then it kind of worked
2: out it's like in basketball the first time like you're learning the game and you like instinctively cut off the off your defender Mm -hmm. and you're like oh shit i'm doing the right thing and you're just open yeah there's a certain just alchemy to it that seems to kind of come together at that right time exactly well i've got more you opened a lot of cans of worms that make me uh, think of some more questions but andy why don't you uh get the music game started tonight with your first track before we get too far down the comedy road because I know that uh, you pl- you played music. I do in, in high school. You or do you still? You're st- currently playing. Yeah, I uh, bass player. If I read bass correctly. Player, yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nice. yeah, man. I love it.
2: What kinds of stuff did you play, or, or, or are you currently playing?
3: Um. Well, the the first ba- I I was in uh I was in a few metal bands in high nice. school and right after that. But I I haven't been in a, in a band a proper band in years. But uh, I love. I love playing bass. I'm I really love Primus and Les Claypool and all sorts of crazy shit like that. Did and you get weird like that? Did you get like pretty? Oh, was it like experimental metal in high school? Uh, not quite. It was more. It was uh, we were uh, death metal. Oh, nice. uh, Not quite technical death metal, but yeah, we we ripped. It, it was. What was the band name? Hyphema. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah.
2: That's, that's got a flavor to it. Well, I mean, you've set the table for some black metal, but I'm sure Andy's going to take us in an entirely different direction. Andy, you got
1: something queued up? You know what? No. We haven't played enough metal on this show, and a really great album came out just recently that we need to address. Okay. Yob from Eugene and yep. very at home in the Portland city limits. Is that what you'd say about it, man? These guys are... You could say the region, oh, yeah. the city yeah. limits, yeah. sure. I would say that. Uh, yeah. They just came out with an album the called... The
3: Greater uh, Tri-County Area. Yeah,
1: the Tri-City Junction. Yeah, they
3: represent Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for real.
1: <laughs> their new album, Our Raw Heart, is uh, just great. It's like I think it's their best album. It's really cool. Uh, Mike went through a very public and very near-fatal uh, bowel uh, issue where he had... Uh, De Vic, De, I forget how to say the actual illness, but basically, his colon ruptured and he had Damn. Uh, bacteria all inside of his body, eating his you know, and he and he ended up getting MRSA in the hospital, and he almost didn't make Jeez. it. But uh, it's
3: metal as fuck. He that got out. He was <laughs> such
1: a metal thing to happen, and he'd been dealing with it, and it wasn't a surprise. And when it happened, it was just way more intense than anything he dealt with. So he's on his recovery bed, thinking he might not. Not only never tour again, but maybe never even like play music. So he is creating at this feverish pace and just putting out his fucking what he thought maybe his last work, and it really shows and it's incredible. It's a great album. Uh, And also in the recovery process, he had to change a lot of things about what he does, and he ended up playing a a very tiny guitar. He found like a seven pound guitar because he couldn't lift ten pounds, so he could record and like work the songs out when he was recovering. Did they
2: decide they needed to play faster?
1: They they kept it slow. Okay, they're gonna feel this song. You're gonna feel all ten minutes of this banger. All right, let's check it out. This is their their single, "The Screen," and they're
2: fast now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm ready for it.
1: Yeah, this is their first single off the album. It's called "The Screen."
0: Yeah. Okay. That was, that's a bridge too far for me. Um, Oh, so good.
1: I love it. The way he's singing now. It's super cool.
2: It was a cool song. It was, that's heavy as fuck. Good to hear that uh, he's on the mend and making some great music. Yeah. Go see
1: them. If you, uh, by the time this comes out, they should be coming into Canada or maybe even Michigan or Pittsburgh. So keep Mm -hmm. an eye on that. And if you live in uh, any of those places, if you live in Chicago, they're playing two nights at Reggie's. Yeah. It'd be a fucking great place to see them.
2: All right. Dylan, are you down to help some of our listeners with uh, very minor problems in their life? Sure, great. Well, we have a segment called.
1: Well, we're just going to call it
2: Ask Hot Garbage. How's that sound, Annie? I hate that? it.
1: We got to work on that title. <laughs> we'll yeah. workshop it. That's one of the yeah. things people can write in about. Mm.
2: But basically, I'm just going to we're going to field some questions from our listeners now. Um, Would love for you to weigh in with some of your thoughts and opinions here. All the first one says, "Dear Hot Boys," that's us. Oh, nice. I DNA. like that name. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I live in the Portland area, and Burgerville is my favorite fast food in the country. The only thing they're missing is a secret off-menu list of items. And that got me thinking, what are your favorite secret off-menu items at restaurants? Oh, man. Oh. Um,
3: shit, I... uh. I'm not really aware of too many their secret. I feel uncomfortable
2: asking oh, for things
3: that aren't on a menu.
1: Well, I mean, I think it's kind of a dick move. I go for like, like say, like Dutch Brothers uh, or like Starbucks. I'll go on their off menu shit because I don't really like their normal shit that much. What's their
2: off menu stuff
1: there? Ah, uh, you know, they'll have like blends. Like I like to get the uh, the Nutty Irishman. It's a Irish cream hazelnut mocha. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Or uh, you know. The big one though, the big secret menu is is definitely In and Out Burger. Is
3: animal or is animal, yeah, style, animal is that, style? Is that a secret?
1: That's a secret or it's menu. A, I mean, everybody what does that mean?
3: Well, they put the it's extra cheese and like onions. Like it's a animal style. You get that extra yeah. like mm-hmm. gravy. You on get top your onions it. fried
1: mm-hmm. in mustard. They yeah. cover the whole thing in cheese and the sauce.
3: Yeah, and like Thousand Island dressing. Yeah. You just eat yeah. it like an animal.
1: Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, it's yeah great. animal style fries are off menu item. They're delicious. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, I'll go. I'll with that. The thing about In and Out Burger in their fucking ridiculous secret menu is there's like their main menu is just like burger fries drink so they have to have a secret menu because the menu is like nothing
3: now what's the secret menu at burgerville like an affordable burger <laughs> yeah like it's, that's, it's that's yes, half a patty the, yeah the secret one's like yeah this is actually uh 250
0: yeah oh,
2: this yeah. is uh yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah we use the same beef but it's older i would
3: be so pissed to find out that there was a secret more affordable burgerville menu oh, oh yeah they're the gonna secret, secret menu you like. Yeah, this guy's gonna throw this wrapper in the trash and not recycle it. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: menu. He's gonna
1: use the secret menu. He knows. How do password. you guys feel and about Burgerville?
3: Cheaper. I mean, it is too
2: expensive for what you get, which makes me think I don't like it. That's my feeling.
3: You know, it's it's expensive, but I'll I'll give Burgerville props. Like I, like you know, I feel um, like yeah. with what they do as far as like you know being sustainable and like really put an emphasis on you know recycling and you know, you know. Footprints and shit like that, like yeah,
2: okay, yeah. more power and, to
1: you. me, that seems legit. They have both the best fast food fish and chips and the best milkshakes, at least for like the Northwest.
3: Okay,
2: all right.
1: If you're talking but, fast food up against like McDonald's yeah. or Burger King or Wendy's.
3: They, they have a quality nah. product, and they know it, so they charge more. So at it's a kind yeah. price. I've yeah, always that's I've like always a seven dollar
2: like, milkshake.
1: Yeah,
3: Burgerville is kind of, uh, it's like the really like special occasion. Like lower mm-hmm. special occasion, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, like, like yeah, I want to ball out, but I don't have enough money to go to like
1: a real yeah. restaurant. Well, yeah. I'll
3: go by. I feel Burgerville. Like a, yeah, That's I feel not like as a bad. kind
1: of and go off of that. Also, since
3: menu. there's a Burgerville right by Helium Comedy Club, it yeah. kind of yeah.
1: You can still uh, get like a together. regular Burgerville cheeseburger for like a dollar fifty two or some shit. Okay, maybe okay. two dollars now. Well,
2: I, I don't have any off menu items that not are enough. food, but yeah. this weekend I discovered if you're ever getting a Steagle Radler at a place, have them throw in a shot of tequila. Just have them pour it right in the can. Mm-hmm. Say, like, hey, I got a secret tip that's for you, uh, bartender. It's oh. not on the menu, but it is a, a treat if you're down to, you know, unless you're just, like, getting a steagle because you don't want to be a little drunk. But yeah. this is a nice <laughs> yeah, little Yeah, because usually people get a
1: Rattler because they want to, like, Pace themselves and last the night, but you can you you can step it up. Hey man,
3: you can put a lot of cocaine in that shit and it'll get you going, man. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) did you guys do you
1: guys remember Sparks before they changed the recipe? Oh yeah, yeah. We used to paint
3: houses uh, and
2: we used to Sparks.
1: (laughs) What we would call Sportify a forty, where you drink half a forty malt liquor and then you pour in a Sparks and then drink the rest. And it is fucking. Uh, that's a violent
3: drunk. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: you are no, jacked th- up on caffeine uh, and malt. That liquor. comes with a broken
3: Ooh. marriage, and uh, you know, f- yeah. yeah, your dad will not speak to you. <laughs>
1: yeah. Waking up with
2: one and shoe, probably and A ripped shirt. <laughs> yeah, if you're going that far, you might as well crush up a fourth of an Adderall in that bottom half, <laughs> and just fourth? like, just call oh. it a night. Oh, yeah. a night where you're just, not going to get. Drunk. Just for
1: some focus. <laughs> yeah, just for some focus. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. The next email says, uh, "Dear hot garbage, I hate my job." Um, we do have a very strict, no-obscenity music uh, policy. So can you recommend any albums or songs that might hasten my termination?
1: Oh, yeah. I would like to recommend one, a Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj has the dirtiest raps right now. Really? They're filthy.
2: So you have a choice lyric that you could share to illustrate that? Because I like her guest verses, but I don't know enough about her own songs. Uh, Man,
1: she's got this one track where she says... Big vagina, smuggle bricks to China. <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty good. That's nice, a pretty good that's one. Clever.
2: I think that's fireable. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, I th- uh, since I most like I mostly listen to podcasts at work, so I think there have been plenty of times where I think like, oh shit, if I was listening to this like not in <laughs> yeah. headphones, I'd be fucked. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, shit. As far as just music to get, man, you could. Uh, there's a whole. You, you could just she. Put on a yeah. Have them put on a carnivorous erection by regurgitate. <laughs> Whoa! That'll just that'll just annoy the coworkers. Like you can't understand sure. what they're mm. saying.
2: But or the... like uh, just the band Anal cunt, and then yes. you wait till someone asks yeah. who this is, and you just say, "Oh, it's anal cunt." Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And if it's oh, your manager, all the better.
1: One. I like oh, yeah. it. The also, uh, yeah. Any any of the early Wu Tang where there's just a lot of fucks, Wu Tang Clan nothing to fuck with, bring the motherfucking rockets. Or any of the Ruckus.
2: skits on like a Wu oh, yeah. Tang like album. yeah, like torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: That's, that would be that just a, get me,
3: nuts. Was someone saying that they were going to put a hot coat hanger up someone's dick? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. man,
1: I, I'm I'm gone. Yeah, I got in trouble one time. We I worked in a warehouse that was very close to like an open shopping area for customers, and I would play whatever, and I was listening to that band Lordy. That metal band that's like very theatrical, like European. I don't know what you'd call it. Nordic zombie. Theater metal. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a lot of costumes. It's like it's kind of like a guar thing, but it's. it's, But I was blasting that, and somebody ran in, was like, "Turn this off!" and was so shocked. (laughs) But there was no like obscenity in it.
2: My girlfriend used to live near the Fred Meyer that is in northwest Portland, and they would – and she like, directly across the street. And that's bad for the summertime when windows are open because there's a lot of crazy people by there. But there's also yeah. delivery trucks that come at, like, 4.30 in the morning with oh, yeah. some breads, and it's fine. You know, you're there. You kind of deal with it. But one morning, the delivery driver was just not only delivering bread but also blasting music. From the stereo of the truck <laughs> Almost like he was using
1: the music To keep the bread warm
2: And this fucker I just like Hey man can you turn off the music please We're, I mean it's like 4.30 in the morning And he like very slowly And almost comically Just looks up at me Stares And then goes right back to work mm-hmm. Nothing Just bore his eyes yeah. right into mine What was he listening to like some, that, some like modern <laughs> trap music like full on. I, I don't even. It was something like that. It was something very. It was Lil Yachty. Like Modern Monarch Trap is is fine, but it was more obnoxious. It was like more
1: extreme version of something. It was like a newer, ludicrous album. It
2: was a. It was a specifically rude thing to do. Um, taken as far as that rude thing to do can be taken.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. yeah.
2: I got one more question. We got one more uh, writer for this week. Uh, it's a pretty good one, um, uh, you guys. I think that there's some some meat on these bones. This uh, writer says, "Dear Hot Garbage." Um, I am a casual watcher of pornography, but I understand that the scenarios are that they, excuse me, the scenarios are far fetched. Still, I am getting some serious suspicion that my relatively, my wife's relatively young and relatively attractive mom is trying to get something going with me. What should I do?
1: Oh, man. Well, okay. first off, okay, go ahead.
3: Oh, here, no, go, go ahead. First
1: oh. off, you're wrong. <laughs> That's what I uh, was going to say. I would say the first thing you do is check
3: your suspicion.
1: Yeah, check your yeah, check your horniness level because you have been watching. You're, you're wrong.
3: He, that person <laughs> just proved that they are not a casual porn watcher yeah. because they have watched so much. I'm assuming milf porn. You know, uh, uh, whatever. It's very popular sure. right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, Stifler's mom. I've heard it's easy it. to find. Yeah. Allegedly, it's out there. I don't mm-hmm. know. I've read about it. Yeah, right. But yeah. they've watched so much of this specific genre of hooking up with someone's mom mm-hmm. that they are now believing that that is actually yes. happening. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm just a casual observer of this. Very, like, yeah. nah, man. As part, hey, I don't have any, uh, you know, stake in this. My advice to this person: go for it. <laughs> Make <laughs> yes. your move. Make it strong, dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right, plan it out. You got to just. Oh, go for! I it. say don't blame. follow I your say fucking heart. YOLO. Yeah.
2: No, I completely agree with you. This could be a wake up call even for themselves. Yeah. They should hear us talking about this and realize, oh, you know what? The fact that I was even asking this question mm. makes what Dylan was saying yeah. exactly.
3: Do they give any specifics as to the clues as to what? When they... No, it was a short. Uh, that's why I. No. Okay. I'm deeply suspicious, but in a yeah. different way from this uh, this writer. So yeah, as the mm-hmm. you know. Uh, as the guest on this episode, I say follow your fucking dreams, man. <laughs> Fuck your wife's mom. <laughs> Do it for all of us. Yeah. All right. For every yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. And there's but-
1: a very real chance that you're wrong. and It's gonna backfire. <laughs> and it
3: is gonna destroy your life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And
1: the throw it of- all away. But God yeah. bless you. Go yeah. for it. You only get to try this once.
3: Or I want you to say. You I want can you get to- a new wife and have a new wife's mom. <laughs> I want
2: you to go to the, the bathroom. I want you to look at yourself silently for five seconds. At the end of that, I want you to say, "I'm going to fuck my wife's mom," and just, just sit with that for a twenty count.
3: And then, yeah, or you then know, do it, do it, do what you yeah, want, just, whatever happens. Or after do that. what everyone else does, and just think about it while you you know jerk off. That's yeah, yeah and save them, yeah,
2: right, and have this hollow. Empty do the marriage. decent thing and <laughs> masturbate to your wife's mom.
3: Yeah. You creep just keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like a decent human being, just yeah. b- bury it. Do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Andy, the right thing for now, I think, would be a palate cleanser. So do you have another uh, jam to <laughs> to wash that gross hey, taste what, out of our okay, mouth? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, if
3: you uh yeah, so what what would you provide to soundtrack for someone to jerk off to their wife's mom? Oh, this is great. <laughs> that's a great that's, question. What are
0: you putting oh on God. in that yeah. situation?
1: Man, that's like, a, like okay, some of that Andy Fix mom? wank music. You know what I'm
0: mm-hmm. saying? I think. like, do
1: you? Go, okay, I think we're going. What music would you
3: play? I, well. Uh, um, um, Mother-in-law, like let you know. You know, right now it's this mother one, by Danzig. It just
1: so happens that I have just the perfect cut for this. Uh, this is it. a French musician who goes by the name of In Love with a Ghost. Oh, they're very permissive sexually. Yeah, 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 they have uh quite a lot of stuff on Bandcamp. Check out yeah, In Love with a Ghost on Bandcamp and check it out. And I meant just, the
2: French, not this specific
1: April Fool's Day artist. He released uh, uh, an EP. As kind of a joke that was, had like the message, you won, I'm a lo-fi hip-hop artist now. And he kind of did like the lo-fi hip-hop take on it. Usually it's very electronic, very much like sounds like it could be like a lullaby scene on like a cool like old video game or like a Sonic the Hedgehog dream I had or something. That's but uh, yeah, this is, uh, off of, this is a song called Hyacinth featuring Mommy. Oh. Huh. And it's off of his album called The Gay Show. It came out on Z-Tapes. And if you order this cassette, they'll send you Slovakian treats and snacks Mm -hmm. along with a sticker. Sounds dangerous. Surprisingly salty. Yeah.
3: that was a nice mellow yeah
0: yeah it's a that good was, song to
3: touch
2: yourself so, too.
3: so short after the job yeah song. it's r- mm-hmm. a realistic uh length of
2: time mm-hmm. for the activity that it was a soundtrack to um dylan i want to swing back to something you said earlier you were talking about kind of like the, the good nights on stage or this sort of synthesis of like the joke writing and the crowd and it's that moment um i wanted to focus on the the writing part um when you say that you're like writing a joke or working on a joke or putting in the works to build your set, I think a lot of people who don't do comedy or haven't done anything like that wouldn't understand kind of what that work looks like or means. Yeah. Can you describe what your process is for putting together your material and how, how that work part of it goes.
3: Okay well I would usually you know uh, and again I, you know I can only speak for myself, but usually something it a seed of something funny will come out with me just talking with, or with my friends or at work. Mm -hmm. something yeah and it'll be something like okay there's something to that that's funny and i try and write it down and initially i'll write down what i think that everything i I try and get everything that i think is funny on a piece of paper like i have to write it out with hand i don't like typing out stuff and uh plus that's how they
1: that's how they get you
3: yeah man If anyone's looking for my un- rough draft jokes, yeah. help yourself. My <laughs> my God Google bless. Drive uh,
2: joke mm. folder
1: has been yeah. pillaged. It's so that's what I do. I, I find comics and I steal their jokes through their scribbles. <laughs> <laughs> or, Hell yeah. Th- through their types. Their typeies.
3: Uh, <laughs> that'd be odd. I I hope someone does that. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah, you just show up and you're like, fuck yeah. That is the joke I just wrote. And so, you know, I'll write out what I think is like okay, this will be the joke and so whatever it is, and then it's just it's a process of then going to open mics and trying it out and then a lot of times you know you realize it it's kind of it's a process of elimination yeah because i feel like so many times like with the joke it comes down to you know getting every word that you do not need out of there and so it's it's realized, always
2: that paring down versus yeah.
3: building out yeah well, yeah at least for me cuz I, I i start out with just too much just as much yeah and and sometimes it's necessary but a lot of times it's not mm-hmm. and you'll realize You know, you'll say the same thing two or three times when you only needed to say it once. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And now repetition can be a useful tactic, you know, and and you can't use it. But I would, so it's basically write it out and then just do it over and over on stage, realize what works. And then a lot of times uh, there's kind of a, you know, there's a sort of magic of being in the moment when you're on stage and something will happen and you'll think of something and you'll say something. That you didn't write it, that I didn't write out, and so I record mm-hmm. all my sets just on my phone, mm. and so a lot of times it'll catch, just a great thing that I I can only think of in that moment, and then that'll kind of change it, and uh, so yeah, it's kind of like I, I write it out and then I just work on it various uh, times on stage.
2: When you've got that first kernel of the joke or the concept, obviously that's something that you think is really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, what's like? Is it is it like? unfunny to then try to like sit with it and workshop it like well, does I'm, it lose a little bit of
3: its its vitality yeah, it's as you're
2: funny adding to you. layers to it yeah
3: well yes yeah. so i mean there's this kind of thing like when you have as a comic when you get a new joke it's the new joke is always the most exciting mm. it's learning what makes that joke work and it's just something you haven't you haven't told it a bunch so it's exciting for you but it's kind of just going over and refining it and making it better and there's definitely uh, you can you, you can totally get sick of telling jokes, uh-huh. and then you're just like, "Fuck it! I don't wa- I don't want to say that joke again." And you know, but then it's also fun. Like uh, as time passes, you're like, "Oh, let me pull out that old joke." Yeah, and then you've grown as a comedian in that time, so you can kind of change it and make it somewhat new to begin with. Mm-hmm. But there's a thing like when. There's there's a thing that happens when someone gets sick of telling the joke, a, a specific joke, and then but you're at, like you get a gig and you have to do a longer set and so you got to pull out you know something that you haven't done in a while and you don't like the joke and you tell it and you don't believe in it you don't sell it so it bombs mm. and then you hate yourself. So it's like a self fulfilling tell- prophecy. Yeah, exactly. This, yeah. Mm. So that can happen.
2: Interesting. Interesting. What are um... You know, you talk about growing as a comedian. Um, what, what are the metrics that you define growth as for yourself? Um, that, like, what that, little categories are you looking to improve
1: in, and where do you feel that the most?
3: I, well, I feel ultimately... And, you know, and,
1: and. How many Big Macs is a gallon?
3: How many Big Macs is a, ga- a gallon? I'm thinking like a gallon of milk, Big Mac. it has got to be like... I bet it's like Seven. Yeah, I was gonna say like eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah eight yeah. feels right.
1: It's probably like seven point three four. But yeah. also,
3: if you smush them down, you could probably get m- many that's more. what I mean. It's yeah. more than you think. It's a- are we talking like the Big Macs like on the menu? The picture, <laughs> the picture of the Big Mac. That's like three huge. of them. I think yeah. it's the reality. Yeah, the Re- reality, it's the fluffy reality, seven mm-hmm. eight. the malleable reality.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Well, should, I mean, growing is. I think, um, fuck that. That's a really good question. I guess the metrics are just. One, you know, getting more laughs consistently. Sure. But also just being able to, you know, I think ultimately for me, being able to get into more personal material, moving from just the, hey, I saw this sign that said this weird thing. Isn't that funny? Which, and then be, getting to the point where I'm more comfortable to talk about stuff that's more directly related to myself and my experiences. Mm-hmm. And because I feel. Like I'm still not there yet, but there's a lot of shit in my life that I feel is very funny, but I don't feel I'm good enough as a comic to be able to mine that material yet. Is that appealing because it is
2: just a more naturally true thing to be talking about or is it appealing because there's an emotional reality to it that you want to explore more? Oh, I I would say both. Both, okay.
3: But I think ultimately like you know because there's so many comedians and there's you know when you're if you're you know uh the more you are introspective and talking about yourself and experiences that you've had, like no one else can talk about that. Mm -hmm. And so it's a way of kind of separating yourself from other people because, you know, you just, you know, you're the only person that has your experiences. And so that, you know, will influence your voice comedically.
2: Now is that, when you say something like voice is your voice, uh, does it, does it have to be some, is is it what you're describing is finding your voice really just getting closer and closer to who you really are? Um, or is it like developing, I don't know, some kind of verbal tick or something like that?
3: I I think that depends on each comedian, Mm. you know, some people like have characters, like some people go and they're doing something that's like not who they are every day. Mm -hmm. And so I feel for me personally, like my persona or whatever on stage is kind of just an exaggerated version of myself. Uh, So for me, like getting kind of more personal is kind of like the end goal. Mm -hmm. And still be able to do observational type stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just being able, I feel growing is just being able to tackle any subject, I think,
1: to some some degree. That's interesting. I was at the park today on a completely unrelated topic, but I think it kind of relates to this. I was at the park today, and this little girl really, really wanted this baby. And we asked her why she wanted to hold the babies, because she said that baby drool is magic. (laughs) <laughs> and it helps her to see the future. Wow! Not like stuff like that's going to happen, but like say she were going to fall down, she'd know to step back.
3: Yeah. Baby drool, put it on the wound, heals up. Yeah.
1: It yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. They're
2: the pure b- of heart. That's right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I don't really have much reaction to that. I don't think I've ever had baby drool on me, but you know it sounds more appealing than it used to. Yeah. I mean, I'm if really baby drool that.
3: was magic, then parents would be wizards, right? Like, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, you get baby. Mm-hmm. If baby I mean, drools You don't want to get Into baby shit Or put, like, don't right. get it yeah. started Those
1: are yeah. much more Concentrated those are, like the, yeah. those are like The hash <laughs> oil Of, of baby shit <laughs> Baby yeah. tears that's though? like baby yeah. shatter
2: Yeah People who think that Like I think it Handle their baby drool Sometimes jump a little Too zealously into baby shit Yeah And it really It can You'll just yeah. like you find yourself really fuck you up Deep in your <laughs> chair All afternoon yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah I think what's in baby drool Is like Kind of like a low grade Crystal meth That keeps parents From killing babies mm-hmm. Because they're really difficult when you To not start. kill I, yeah. yeah, Especially well, when they're Drooling
3: yeah. all over you mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah Yeah It's yeah. gotta be like Kind of chemical Like Yeah you know, Yeah I yeah. can see that, yeah. and just
1: everything is just covering like a, a thin, thing. translucent yeah. goo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on
2: that note, Andy, I think uh, maybe another jam is in order.
1: Ooh man, oh man, I got some shit for you guys. You got something? Ooh, I've been a big fan of this guy for a long time. He's a a producer from Detroit named Fowlmouth. We played some of his songs on the show back in the day when he came out with uh, his first beat tape, uh, Soul Lewis. Yeah, he's a Detroit guy, and he's uh, where's my research, son of a bitch? This'll be fine. Yeah, this is good. This is great. Um, so Foul Mouth, yeah, he's putting out, he's a he's been a a producer since about uh 2007. Before that, he was a a pretty prominent battle rapper in the Detroit rap scene, and he was in a lot of groups, and he even made it to like the scribble jam like level Mm. of battle rapping. So nice, yeah, he decided to move more towards into beat making, and he had uh teamed up with a, a label from uh, a collective of people from Boston, actually. They're from all over the world, but they're kind of headquartered from Boston, called Producers I Know. And he's put out his third, by the time this airs, his third release through them. This is called The Snake Pit. And this is a, kind of a tribute to um, the legendary recording studio, Motown, this, that was called The Snake Pit. And so it's got a cool, heavily sampled kind of soul, funk, boom bap hip hop Detroit. It's, now this sounds like fucking Detroit. I love sounds it. Like. And he's worked a lot of my favorite Detroit rappers: Ty Ferris, Royce Five Nine, and he's got Guilty Simpson. He's got a new, um, a new thing coming out later this year featuring a bunch of rap music. So check out all those bars coming out soon. And until then, just enjoy this dude's beats. This track's called "Bell Isle Riding." That wasn't you, oh man! But then He'd he schooled
3: me. I learned about Zapp and Roger, and then yeah, opened a whole
1: man, whole yeah. world. Neapolitan beard, man. If we're doing shout day, outs yeah. We'll do some, some shoutouts to our have friends, Neapolitan beard. Fucking aliases, raw blow, uh, Doctor Bong, uh, No Q is a good one. I think yeah, Taco it's a good name. Man, so many good ones. No yeah. Q. Yeah, I, I still Ice call Crest.
3: Charles No Q when, whenever I see him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you a quick uh, Neapolitan Beard story? Oh, please Dude. do. For those like,
2: listening, Neapolitan Beard was uh, a hip, hop but probably maybe he still is occasionally a hip hop actor in Portland.
3: Yeah, and so they, uh, one, of the, I think it might have been their first shows. This, it was, this, uh, it, was based, it was a giant New Seasons party, New Seasons crew, and uh, so it was in this basement, and uh, it was very dingy, and they were killing it, and uh, there was this lady Linda, and she was like, there's this small basement. And so people are dancing, everything. She's under the stairs. And so people are smoking weed on the stairs. Mm-hmm. And they ash out their bowl and it falls through the things and it catches Linda's hair on fire. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Right? She's dancing. And people turn around, they see it. They go, Linda, you're on fire. And she thinks they're talking she, – she's grooving. It yeah. is hot. It's literally the only scenario someone could say, you're on fire, and be like, fuck, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah. Just And then they True. went and they, they put it out real quick. <laughs> and it was just – it was a moment it, – it, oh, it was fucking that great. Split second, she was she, was she really – Yeah, yeah it, she was it. like, I, I am it. on
1: fire. Yeah. yeah,
3: when you're a rapper, you
2: you just like – you. that's like – that's the dream come true to have someone non lethally catch fire
1: at one of your shows. Exactly. Yeah. That you like Hopefully that is the. From the your dope yeah, rhymes. Yeah. yeah. That and that, that was that. their first show, so respect. Right. It's a good, omen. Yeah. good <laughs> omen. yeah. Lighting motherfuckers on fire with their rhymes.
2: Well, um, Dylan, you were talking about like getting a little bit more personal with your comedy. Yeah. And so I'm hoping this next game that we want to play will uh, be a little, you a little closer to what you're going for in All terms right. of your ambition. We've stolen uh,
1: your joke number.
2: <laughs> no, this is called Scenarios and Stereo. Which is our fancy way of introducing a couple of uh, you know choice uh, hypothetical choices. We want to hear how you work work through them? Um, right. We'll set you up with an easy one. The first one, the uh, first scenario is that you wake up tomorrow and you live in a world where you have an uncontrollable itch on your skin, and you are forced by the rules of the universe you wake up in to scratch it every time it itches with s- your fingers on skin. Okay. It can be either. In between your toes, so that every time it itches, you got to take off your shoes and socks and scratch in between your toes, or it can be the skin of your testicles. Which one would you select?
1: Oh man, that's rough.
3: I'm inclined to go with testicles because I feel it's a more satisfying itch. <laughs> that's a good point. That's true. Um, but I mean, you know, because of society, you can't just scratch your nuts. Well, maybe
2: maybe I can can introduce an innovation that I think might support your choice. Okay. I also selected the testicle skin. I didn't even think of the quality of the itch, which is a fantastic point.
3: It's a better itch. It
2: is a satisfying Mm. itch. But even, even beyond that, you can fashion... Pockets, such there's a slight hole. Okay, yeah. And Easy access. You can you can create the 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 pathway. Mm-hmm. Now everyone's going to know sees... what's happening, uh-huh. but you have some plausible deniability. They yeah. can't just be like, "Hey, dude, stop scratching your balls." And you can You're just like, say, well, hey, what, are you "What are you talking about? <laughs> what
1: are you talking about? Scratching my balls? I'm jacking off." Yeah. <laughs> they they would be <laughs> "Don't like, get for it example, twisted." For whoa. example, yeah. whoa, they would be like, "Hey, <laughs> buddy, yeah, like,
3: don't project onto yeah. me. I'm jerking off over here." Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's that helps you feel a little more
2: confident in your choice.
3: You know, I would. I would have, yeah, because I mean, just taking off the shoes to, in between the toes—that it's, it's more, more
1: work, disgusting. It's more yeah. work. But or I think it's, it's grosser publicly. You could live that life and just be the Birkenstock dude that has the toe stick, and he, yeah. just, like every once in a while, you just see him. Whittling <laughs> it's gotta be skin on skin. It. It's gotta be oh. your fingertips. Well, yeah, it would you're cut like John. Attach it to the end of the <laughs> yes. stick. Yeah,
0: yeah. Exactly. Here's the
2: other thing: if you do the testicle hole in your jeans pocket, whenever like you get asked for change. And you don't have any. You could like turn out your pockets, where one is just the cotton of the inside of your shorts, but one is the bat wing. You know, so you are mm-hmm.
1: like, oh, see, oh, I got no change. No but change. one of them is it's your sack, your nutskin
2: <laughs> that you are stretching out like it's the inside of your pockets. Yeah, which you can't do yeah. if the uh, if you don't fashion that hole, yeah. which you wouldn't
1: do unless you were cosmically inclined yeah. to of scratch course. your testicles. Correct. And if you if you don't practice, it takes a lot of <laughs> stretching and a lot of yeah. So I I got nothing. Yeah, worth
3: I have to go. Testicle final answer.
1: Final answer. One.
2: Andy, do you have anything to would, add to this
1: conversation? I would go. I would just start wearing like Birkenstocks or whatever all the time and just get right just down there in my toes. toes. I'd just be so gross with it. I have some Nate, with, uh,
2: one, with like a hole in one of the pockets. Nate, you have a, n- a nut scratchable pair of pants. Yeah, and it's kind of annoying
1: because like you can only Cause you can't, can't stop. You, can't, you can
2: only use it like to carry. Things. It's true. It's true that you are reducing your carrying capacity if you go my route. Yeah. But again. You know, you're trying to uh, kind of kind of accommodate this disability that you've acquired.
1: I think I could sacrifice. uh, Need to be made. Absolutely, this is just another one of those situations where I think that everybody needs to take on my summer swimsuit and just wear the swimsuit all the time, like I am right now. Yeah, you're back in back in them trunks. Yeah, just wearing suit all the time. It's really easy to scratch your balls.
2: Okay, the second scenario is a little more open ended, and you know this will be drawn kind of what you how you would kind of envision your own life. So you encounter a sorcerer and it doesn't go your way. And you end up crossing this sorcerer in a way that causes them to curse you by turning you by turning you into a horse. Now, the good news is that the curse of you being a horse is fairly easy to break. It just depends on the help of your truest friends. So my question to you is, what would you do as this horse to convince your friends that you
3: are you? Oh man, that's good. Okay, I think as a horse I would have to – that's a great question. It's a tough one. Okay, I think uh, as a horse I would have to run into some sort of video store. Like I'd I'd, I'd find like a place that – like everyday music or something, Mm -hmm. run in there, and then maybe grab a DVD of Tommy Boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And a Tool album. Have those two in my mouth. Run to my friend's house. They'll be like, a Tommy Boy and Tool.
2: This has p- got to be Dylan.
3: It's probably
2: Dylan. If this is not a Dylan, we are adopting this horse for him. Yeah. <laughs> I, so it, it would. It would I have
3: like to that. be like. Yeah. It would have to be. I would have to grab oh, a certain item that for,
1: for me it would be like a series of events. First I would drink a 40 malt liquor as a horse. How are you in this would, bottle? How are you doing and, this? I'm just chomping You're, through the top with my big ass horse teeth and just just showing <laughs> him. I just bite a grenade in half. Then I uh I, I rob a taco bell through the drive thru. Just all just the hot sauce running off over my face. And then I you sh- gotta and get then, into this taco bell. Giant horse shit. And everybody's like, God damn it, Andy. <laughs>
2: There's the Andy voice. I, I would see, also,
3: I, like, I would have to uh, maybe miss, I'm, I can't spell, so if I wrote a poorly spelled, uh, you know, poops.
1: This is Dylan,
3: and <laughs> blah, 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 yeah.
2: Or, <laughs> yeah. Horses piss a bunch. You could write um, it in P,
1: too. Anytime anyone put on music, I would kick the radio. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> kick the stereo with my big horse foot.
3: They have to show the giant horse dong. Oh, that's Dylan for yeah. sure. Look at how huge. <laughs> yeah. Man, that horse's oh, dick yeah. looks just like Dylan.
2: <laughs> on the other side of that,
1: my my horse would have a tiny human dick, and that would be another dead giveaway that it was. It would was yeah. just be your dick. Oh, yeah, that's Andy's dick on that you know, your horse. your wife would be able to before. spot it. Just like, just, she'd just shake her head. And that, yeah. That's Andy's horse. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Andy horse. I want fan art of that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you can send that to hotgarbagepodcast at gmail.com.
3: You know, it, okay, so I would also I would as a horse I would trot out a big dick drawing
1: in a field or something like that. <laughs> that's Dylan. Yeah. Nice. The yeah.
3: Requires re- does mm-hmm. require a
1: flyover but mm-hmm. you know.
2: Yeah. That's I would, fine.
1: I would shotgun nine beers and immediately vomit.
2: The last one that I have um to go out on, I think it seems like a simple choice, but maybe there's some complexity to it uh, when you start to dig. Um if you had to kill a man with your bare hands would you beat him to death or would you drown him with your bare hands
3: i think um i'm kind of a passive aggressive person so i'd go drowning drowning is the passive aggressive way to murder well I, I just i i don't think i have it i mean i don't think i have it in me to beat a man to death i'd <laughs> like to think that i somewhere in there i could someday yeah if the right man came along but knowing myself i'd probably do the the drowning and it would have to be like kind of like sneaky, like not yeah. I'd go with drowning. You would
2: maybe be like uh, get like a scuba a scuba diving tank and like pull them from below, so you didn't even <laughs> have to like look them in the eye. Yeah, you yeah. were just a mysterious force pulling them down in a lake or something. Yeah, yeah.
3: but okay. also I mean, I mean, yeah. drowning someone's gonna be fucking hard too. Like I can't yeah. say that it's, like mm-hmm. it's not like oh drowning gonna be easy. Someone's gonna be
2: yeah, because
1: the correct you know. way to drown a person is to stare them dead in the eyes until the life drains into your of body. Course. and you gain their power. Is so there
2: any other way? I think the desire to do that is what it, it takes to actually drown someone. Yeah, you yeah. have to hate them so much that you want to watch the life leave their eyes. And <laughs>
3: I mean, or, you're do it or you're if, some
0: kind if of you're like drowning weird someone, water I guess highlander.
3: You kind of you're at risk of being drowned yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the tables but can turn. Beating someone to death with your bare hands, you know, they yeah. can they can fight back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So I th- yeah if you're in if
2: you're in six inches or more of water you are open to this possibility yeah it whenever can happen I, at any time.
1: Whenever I've heard that phrase "beat someone to death with your bare hands," it always makes me think of like open floppy hands and you just like <laughs> wailing on somebody like slap <laughs> fisting them. Yeah, I th- it doesn't sound like punching them or like bludgeoning them. It's just like with their bare hands, like oh they just their paws must have been their their palms must have been so fucking sore.
3: Because yeah, you're <laughs> you're gonna wear out your knuckles quick. Then it's gonna sw- to like just the. the- <laughs> Yeah, the palm and then <laughs> the, the yeah, lower yeah. hand. Yeah, pretty yeah, soon you're just like you're gonna be going, going like yeah down, uh, like
1: yeah. yeah, it's gonna break. Yeah, yeah exactly. it'll be a lot
3: more painful for you, that's for sure.
1: And they find the body and they're just like, wow, this, this man was. It looks like to this death. guy was beat to death by a bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <like it's> so <laughs> such
3: a gentle
1: beaten. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> he's tender slowly, all over. He's,
3: he's tenderized tenderly. to death. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> we could. Yeah, it looks kind of comfortable. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. This dude was mas- massaged yeah. to death. He was asleep
2: for 20 face. minutes before he passed.
3: Mm.
1: Yeah. Is that a man or is that Kobe beef? <laughs> yeah, it's some Wagyu. <laughs> yeah, we call this the Wagyu special. Yeah. <laughs> you just light hand slaps. Yeah. That's the police I, it, term. If,
3: like, uh, mm. the dude from CSI Miami was at the crime scene, you Oh, hell, looks like someone's USDA choice. <laughs> and <then> he
0: puts <laughs> his... Yeah! Yeah, you got that song? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh,
2: well, excellent, Dylan. I think we did learn a lot, and hopefully this gives you, you know, something personal to reflect on
3: the next time you're writing some jokes. Yeah. I like (laughs) anyone listening to this. My advice has been, yes, sleep with your Uh mother-in-law, scratch Scratch your balls, balls. (laughs) and drown someone to death. uh,
2: (laughs) We really really set you up here. We really set you up. Yeah. This is supposed to be a promotional tool for our guests, but we've...
3: And that's just the taste, so...
2: (laughs) Speaking of a taste, Andy, you got a little drop of something to put in our mouths? Oh,
1: man. We needed a summer weed jam, and Mike Bogan has delivered. Nice. His new album just came out. It's called Joe Fontana. It's his second release on Portland label Erst. Uh, Awesome, awesome roster on that label. Everybody who listens to this show has heard a bunch of it, but go check out all the new stuff that they're doing. Uh, This is his second sample-free project. Uh, It was put together by the... uh, producer on his last album who did pool party and it's great it's all live instruments that have been remixed down and like cut into dope hip-hop beats by him and neil ventali from erst i'm excited so, Big yeah. thing Mike Bogan. this song is called pickathon and it was actually inspired by his performance at pickathon a couple of years ago was that last year or was it the year before i think it was last year yeah yeah and he had a really good time said so it was one of the best weekends of his life and he wrote this sick ass wee jam to it and it features uh a rapper named Kari, uh, I think that's how it's pronounced K H A R Y from uh, Providence, Rhode Island, who's fucking great too. So check that nice. stuff out. And this song's called Pickathon. And I've
4: been smoking weed and doing shows, living up my last name. I've been doing me, hope you're doing yo. Never let that change. And I've been smoking weed and doing shrumps, living off my last name. And I've been doing me, i you be doing you. Never let that change. Well, clock's still stuck. I was lost, but I'm ready now. Socks pulled up, trying to ball like I'm Eddie House. It's steady clouds. This is how we build. Let it get around. She better now. That's just how she feel when and I let her down. Get, come and get out. And this is my side chick Saying she want more time with me Timing is all I got Timing is all I need That's what she wants. Look, but this is when she drunk And it's past worth it Carl Thomas, summer rain And her ass perfect You know that pussy is insane But her past worthless And I know that she a hoe But not a bad person Not a bad
5: person It's scorching hot I need you to call me back right now Because I'm literally talking shit in a separate room right now about niggas who are in the other room. So, yeah, just call me back. And this is when we smoke, smoke, till it's finished. And I can do it all, dog, my hair starts spinning, spinning. When we we smoke, take toast, till it's finished, finish, And I can do it all, till my hair starts And I've been smoking weed, been
4: doing shrubs, living up my last name. I've been doing me, hope you're doing yours. Never let that change And I've been smoking weed And doing shrubs Living off my last name And I've been doing me I'll be doing you
6: Let that change I'm good on Miss Pac-Man Watch them shoot me down I'm an influential black man My homie said smell this shit I looked up like that's dang You gonna have to pass man No Terrence Howard pass man I swear in my past life I was probably Caesar But now I just kick it Run DMC Adidas Violet Davis with the murder Every time I hop on beats It's candle vigil Negro spiritual I'm resurrecting Jesus Give me my bread Yeah give me my pita. Please don't play with my money I may right from wrong Swung like Kong, gone like donkey Blacking out like swans, Ashton Kutcher could couldn't punk me Lit like zippos, plastic hippos, well I'm hungry, hungry I just wanna eat, repeat and pass something to my homies Part of life is learning not to be sad when you're lonely Because we leave as we enter, even in winter it's sunny I punch lines, these other niggas is funny Yeah
4: I've been smoking weed and doing shrooms, living off my last name. I've been doing me, hope you doing you. Never let that change. And I've been smoking weed and doing shrooms, living off my last name. And I've been doing me, hope you doing you.
1: like The sunset vibes. You
2: sure do. That's uh, that's my favorite kind of music, a sunset
1: music. I think if you were a chill wave DJ, you'd be Sunset Vibes. Sunset
2: Vibes is a pretty good chill wave. D- I don't like Chill Wave though. But Sunset Vibes is a pretty strong name. I can yeah. do a lot with that moniker.
3: Okay, if, so if you're in a you're in a convertible uh-huh. and you're driving off into the you're taking off to start your night, by yeah. the sunset and you play one song. What song is that? Ooh. Oh, I love this game. Now off the top of my head the what what I always thought was like the most badass like convertible since, uh I'm going to go with uh, in the evening by Led Zeppelin. Oh, just as yeah. far as like just the riff like oh I, I don't know I just I will tell you awesome. what immediately
2: popped into my head. I don't think I want this to be my answer set in stone but what immediately popped into my head was that Baker Street by uh, who does the original Baker Street with the
1: saxophone in it?
2: Oh. Well, wah, wah, wah,
1: I know exactly what you're saying. I, I can't remember who does that. that the it, original. That's, <laughs> the, that's the origin of my hatred of saxophone. I <laughs> love that saxophone.
2: Um, that, that's the best saxophone. I, I hate the sax.
1: Say. Yeah, I just cannot stand a wanky sax. I can handle it now. The older I get, the more it le- the less it bothers me. I can handle it like in a band doing something. But the fucking. Kenny G, fucking Bill Clinton era, wanky sax, ruined it for me in my childhood. <laughs> yeah, no. Ugh. I think I'd have to go with I got I to get my sunset jam in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first track off of that uh, Moon Safari album by Air. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's French. I forget. It's that's got that, that beat. that's like do 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 do, do mm, Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. That's a fucking '90s chill wave jam. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, Led Zeppelin. That's a good one. Uh, we played a, sh- a song in here. I played a song by the this rap duo Tehran and Iamare, who are from L. A. They got a song called "It's a Trip." Look that one up, or listen to past episodes. It's a pretty hot, mm. hot, hot driving jam at sunset.
1: Or Shabuzi winning streak. Oh, that, sh- that shit still bumps. I've been fucking I can still listening to that shit.
2: Mmm, Stevie Wonder. Nice. I believe says Nate. Nice. Yeah, that's not a bad choice. All right. Well, you got a little sun- little sunset playlist for everybody out there. Mm-hmm. Build your own. Dylan, so your your dad was a, a working actor and comedian in the boom during the eighties. He was. Robert Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just curious, since he was around for that and now he sort of has a window into comedy today through your career, what does he tell you about the biggest differences or what sort of wisdom has he been able to impart about what you're doing and going through?
3: Um well so um like as he hasn't been doing comedy as long as I can remember. He can he stopped, but yeah. he uh I think his best advice has always been just always just keep writing, generating content. Like, keep like, you can't just rest on your laurels. You got to keep producing. You keep, you got to keep writing new jokes. Yeah. Because like coming back to what I said earlier, like the fun is always in the new thing. Like you're, you're chasing and it's interesting and it comes off when you're performing and the more you write, the better the jokes will get. And so just always, and he was always, uh, his other great advice is just, you know, don't be an asshole. Like even when just yeah. just be professional. Don't be a dick. Don't burn bridges. Because mm-hmm. you never know how things are gonna pan out. And and also, you know, just acting shitty, like not only will it not ha- help you in that moment, but people will remember you being a dick.
1: Yeah. Fuck, so. man. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I've been and uh, I can't like I can't I've say been, be like perfect, not been an asshole, but you know. I've been try. doing uh what do they call uh negging Like, <laughs> everyone on the internet. What's that? Just being like saying really mean things to people to uh, make them like us it's and like our podcast. Yeah, it's
2: it's not working though. I th- yeah. Whoops. Well you know, live and learn, Andy. Like you learn, we learn from our <laughs> mistakes. We become yeah. the people we are through our failures. Yeah. So, exactly. Uh,
1: don't don't hang your head. Well, I'm sorry, this American life. I mean,
2: you're you're embodying that right now because I believe you're wearing a knockoff Greg Oden Trailblazers jersey. So that's yeah. a knockoff
1: Greg well, Oden jersey. <laughs> well, a lot of times they do this. Or it's got his picture this. on it, which or they, they didn't do print when a he played. picture. They picture of you onto your jersey, and then you get to sign it with like a big fake Sharpie on the corner. Yeah. I think he wore this one in the game. This was game worn. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's the thing that they did when he played was you were supposed to sign. He only jersey. played
3: in nineteen games, so that's yeah. extra so this is, rare. This is, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I game worn Joe?
1: I got this jersey from uh TJ Maxx for five bucks. They should right have it right after he got injured the second time.
3: They have, should have special edition like bench worn jerseys. Yeah. Like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, he was on the be- He didn't play, yeah. but you know, he wore This it.
2: never
3: actually saw a light in the stadium because yeah, he yeah.
2: had his jacket on. He didn't the have to time. wash this. Yeah, actually. Exactly. Did you
1: guys see those basketball cards where they had cut up pieces of jerseys? Oh, yes. Yeah, there was like a little one inch by one inch square yeah. embedded oh. in plastic. I didn't the know the that existed, but I yeah. love they, that idea. they
3: even did ones like they'll go like pieces of the hardwood, pieces of the floor, the
1: court. Oh, sure. All sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. Like they just took a jersey and just chopped it up into like 45 pieces and made a card onto each one. It's wild.
2: Um, on the being or not being an asshole, tip I wanted to ask. So, how do you grade yourself on sort of like the networking piece of the hustle?
3: <laughs> not that good. That's really something that I'm I'm working on because realizing like the networking and the hustling and making connections is incredibly important and. Because you, know, you get into you would just you want to make people laugh. You think like, the, oh, my, the, the strength of the comedy itself will propel me. Right. And not to say that it doesn't. It definitely, that, you know, people pay attention when you're killing and when something's funny. And, you know, the respect of your peers is important. But, like, hustling and networking, uh, you know, it, it's, I think it, it might be just as important. Yeah. Because I mean I think the talent
2: does carry you through, but people have to someone has to hear it. Yeah. It has to have and, you know, some the, kindling the, for your fire.
3: And you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And you yeah, know, it's yeah. all about you, no one's gonna advocate on your behalf. That's true. And so it's kind of this thing like I've always I've always had problem like feeling like kind of gross like with self promotion and whatnot. Yeah. But you got you you gotta do it. Like you, you do. just you, uh Yeah. And so that's something I am working on. Yeah. Uh because yeah, especially as I'm growing, and then you, you know, to try and get like road work outside of Portland, you know, going up into Washington, California, and then beyond. Like, that's made, uh, comedy festivals are essentially there. You go and you get to meet the other people, and you network and
1: you make yeah. connections. On the other side of that, being a fan and going to comedy festivals, I like to smoke weed with all those guys in the parking lot. And they will happily oblige. That's our version yeah. of networking. Yeah.
2: Unfortunately, yeah. you plant the seeds for being immediately forgotten. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's part, that's part of it.
3: Well, and, and that's another like because you you got to put it out there because comedians we are f- very forgettable. In that, like I can't like so many times I've gone to a show like I'd go to go to Helium and then the feature the the middle comic would go up and would kill and I would love them yeah and then the next day I'm like oh man the the, the middle act was fucking fantastic they had this joke about. You know, scratching their balls through the special hole in their pants, yeah. and it was hilarious. And I, like, oh, what was their name? And I'm like, fuck, I can't yeah. remember. I'm it's a just, classic it, middle in that because way. it's just a name, you know. It's mm-hmm. like you know, it's not a band name or you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's like not it's not a rapping name. That's what I was thinking of. Is like it's just a person's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like, yeah. So you got to put in the work to be uh be
1: seen. Do huh. comedians need to, transition into yeah.
3: to MC names,
1: should comedians have? Well, well I mean, egos. plenty
3: of people do. They, they, they're pl- yeah, that's true. I mean, there are people that do it. Stage names are
2: totally yeah. a thing.
1: Yeah, Kevin Hart's real name is like uh, Jeremy Bronson. It's weird.
2: <laughs> he could have been famous as Jeremy Bronson. He's that's that talented. That's a great name. Yeah, it's a great name.
3: Yeah. I don't get it.
2: But you're, you are now someone who hosts your own show. Yes. Standing upright. Standing upright at the eight Theater every Ape Friday
3: Ape. at 8.30. One two six Northeast Alberta Street.
2: So now you're already expanding into making your own imprint on the scene. Um, yeah. So what has what has that been like? What was the impetus for getting that started, and what is kind of your vision for that show?
3: Oh uh, well, uh, my 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 dude, Niraj, the co-host, Niraj Srinivasan, came to me. He was taking imp- he was doing improv at that at that theater, and they knew that he did stand up, and so they were like, "Hey, we want to have a stand up show," and so he reached out to me because initially. Like I wasn't, I I wasn't planning on ho- on hosting a weekly show. Like initially, I thought I was thinking about okay, someday, like I'll start up my own show. Figure it'd be a monthly because that's you know because weekly show is like a lot of fucking yeah. work. Mm-hmm. And but Niraj came to me with it, and I was just like, "Fuck yeah, let, let let's do it!" And it's a really cool space. And so mainly. I just, I want it to be, it's a, I want it to be fun for the comics and the crowd. Like that's, mm-hmm. I mean, really, I want the comics to like it right now. Like, cause that's the thing. Like when comic, when comics really enjoy a room or a, a show, like they, word spreads. They'll be like that was fun. So you can fill out, <clears throat> fill out that roster on a weekly basis. Exactly. You got to start, like, kind of populate that first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then also just, it, it the show's finally, st- we started in November and uh, it's finally getting to the point where people are, it's get kind of, people are showing up, yeah, uh, which is fucking mm. awesome. Like the because it would just be like every every Friday and before it was on Wednesdays it was just I'd wake up that morning and I would just have like this pit of dread. i <laughs> <of thing. I'm laughs> like, is anyone yeah. gonna show up to this thing, like at all? And so luckily, you know, it's been getting consistently people have been showing up, and we've been having a good time. Awesome. Now, what time is that every Friday? Every eight? Friday at eight thirty. Doors open at eight. And uh, yeah, cool. fantastic. Uh, yeah, just and I, and I want it to be a, a show where just people come, have fun, hour and a, hour, hour and a half, and then go have fun afterwards. Yeah.
2: You were talking a little bit earlier about sort of your growth in terms of the kind of the craft of being a comedian and the things that you speak about. But what is what are your kind of big ambitions from the career side of it? As
1: and a, do you think you can inject hash oil directly into your asshole and get fucked up?
3: Oh, I'm I'm sure. Is that, a getting, thing? Is that the new thing? You, you might not get fucked up in the way that you were expected. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it depends. Are you doing it yourself or do you have a friend administrating? I think that your asshole is an
2: exciting conduit. Yeah. for whatever the experience is. Yeah,
3: it's like the the wardrobe to Narnia. <laughs> yes, yeah. is yeah. your butthole exactly. So it's it's a whole. Whole different. So I hope to one day be at that level, like some Stevie Nicks shit, where they got someone putting stuff up your butt for you. You're yeah, like, oh, that's, that's, the, that's that is the real dream. dream that, yeah. yeah. So that's my dream with comedy. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. uh, I, I as of right now, I would love to be a headlining comic eventually. Like being able to tour clubs across the country as a headliner. Um, I'd love to just make my entire living off of comedy. And anything that comes out of that. Yeah. Uh, acting would be cool. My brief little experience with that was, was fucking rad. Uh, yeah, I just, I just, I want to, whatever comes from this co- comedic journey, I'm, I'm down. Uh, but yeah, I just, I want to be as, become as good of a stand-up comedian as I can. So that's really the, the goal. Awesome.
2: Well, that's a wonderful answer, and I think it's a, v- a great enticement for people who haven't had a chance to see you live yet. Um, it's awesome. Um, yeah. Caught your set at the the best of in 2016. I think is where I first saw you. Oh, at, at the, the,
3: the, okay, yeah, nice. it's it's great.
0: That's
1: Hilarious. going on right now, isn't it? Oh yeah, the yeah. The Portland the, the right Portland's funniest. Portland's mm-hmm. funniest. Yes, there's the okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, this year's festival is happening right now, or uh, competition right now is going. on It right is, now. yeah.
2: Do you have any um, sort of deep-cut Portland comedians that people should keep an in, uh, in ear out for that you could recommend? No, no
1: fuck that. <laughs> who's going to win the funniest in Portland this year in that contest? Who's got their set dialed enough to win it this year? Who's winning it this year? Because I know year? you know everybody who's in it, and you know their sets. <laughs> <laughs> um, You know, if I, w- if I was a betting
3: man, I would probably, I'd probably go with Adam Posse to win it.
2: Yes, he's having a good
3: run. Yeah. He's having yeah. a good run. He's great. Great dude. Hilarious comic. Yeah. I And, like, he, he's like, he, you know, he, he's, he, I don't think he's never not made the finals in it. And he's placed multiple times already. Yeah. He's gotten second and third. Uh huh. That one spot's the only thing left. Yeah. Um, but as far easier. as comics f- for people to uh, pay attention to, uh, I'd go with Jake Silverman. Uh, mm. uh, let's see. Uh, Jake Silverman, Jeremiah Coughlin, uh, Kate Murphy, Marcus Coleman, um, Karina Lucas, Bri- Brian Bixby. Mm. Brian Bixby is okay. a young gun killing it. Uh, just a shitload of awesome comics. This, Amanda Arnold. Like I, I'm, This is going to turn into just the shout-out So no, This is great because uh, it's good to have some specifics out there. This it's good great.
2: to hear also that you know, we're not just, like, losing people and not refreshing Oh, no, the, no. This, I mean,
3: that, that's kind of like a... The stock. It, it, it's a funny thing, because, you know, people are like, oh, well, this, this group of comics is leaving. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. Now, I mean, Grant, like, you know, yeah, none of us are... Like, Ian Carmel and Ron Funches are... You know, that's a whole nother level, you know, and all this stuff, but... No, this scene's too vibrant, and there's too many, there's too much stage time, mm-hmm. and so people can get really
1: good. Well, and the foundation's there, so now there are
3: people who have, you know, come of age seeing it around them in
2: Portland. Exactly. Oh,
1: speaking of my favorite comedian in town, Susan Rice. Susan Rice, dear Still friend
3: of mine. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was just on her podcast,
1: and uh, yeah, Susan's the best. She's great. I caught her set a couple of years ago, like All Jane. She headlined one night, and it was. So fucking good. Yeah, uh,
3: she was. I've I've known her my entire life. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Susan Rice. She's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Brian Bixby, is the young gun. Nice, catch up Nice.
2: I like that. An inside tip. Good to know. Well, Dylan, we could talk to you all night, but uh, we're about out of time. I wanted to say thank you so much for being on the show this thank week. Thank you so much for having you guys. Yeah, this place coming, this is rad. It's great. I've,
3: I've had a blast.
2: Yeah, us too. Thank you so much. And everyone, uh, Dylan's show is at the Ape Theater every Friday at 8. Uh, doors open at 8. Show starts at 8.30. It's called Standing Upright with uh, Neeraj and I I don't want to mispronounce his last name Srinivasan Srinivasan great so everybody check that out Dylan where else can people follow what you're up to and keep
3: an eye on where you're performing uh, so on uh, follow me on Instagram I'm at uh, Dylan Jenkins 89 on Instagram and then uh, Dylan is funny on Twitter uh, that's uh, that's where I put like you know show dates I don't have a website or great. anything like that but usually you can see me at Healing Comedy Club every Tuesday at the open mic and then occasionally hosting shows there
2: fantastic mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone, definitely check out Dylan. He's around. He was telling us he does seven nights a week or seven sh- sets a week here in Portland. So he can be seen, and it's definitely well yeah. worth it. Thank you again. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you very much. Yeah, holy shit.
1: I saw you at the uh, the Jacob Christopher roast. Oh, the roast. And you had the best joke of the night. You said Adam Passy looked like a genie who needed a ride. <laughs> yes. Fucking still kills me. That so is killer. Oh, thank you.
2: All right. All right as sufficiently kissed but well oh. worth it. It was a delicious pucker. Thank you <laughs> so much. And thank all of you out there for checking us out this week on Hot Garbage. We really appreciate you tuning in, for riding into the show and providing mm-hmm. content for us. Um for checking out what I
1: look at uh, on the internet on our Instagram feed. At Hurt Garbage. Yeah. When you're following Andy, and is weird. That's H E R T yeah. Gerbish, like it sounds.
2: Do a lot of spelling for you. Yeah. If you want to write into the show and have us read one of your questions live, or if you just want to ask us a personal question that you don't any- want anyone else to know about, Except you can me. do so by writing us at hotgarbagepodcast at gmail.com. That's H-A-U-T-E, garbage podcast. Check out basically Andy's Instagram feed at hurtgarbage. <laughs> you don't like it. It's as weird as it sounds, or Andy would lead you to believe it sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can just uh, know that Nate, our our silent partner is out there he's doing his thing he's not promoting it you can't follow it in any way but he's there he's yeah. he, he's he's there God
0: bless
2: you, yeah yeah andy it's your spotlight time what are we going out on tonight
1: oh man this one this one hit me right in the fucking flavor bucket this is uh <laughs> This is a uh, Quinn Henry Mulligan, former show oh, guest, yeah. a friend of the show, um, a big fan of his stuff. He's almost halfway through. I think he's actually just released the next album in the set, but this is from May. An album a month. An mm. album a month for the entire year. And uh, holy shit, he's still putting out really good songs. Yeah. Still working on it. This album is kind of all over the place. It's just different kinds of stuff. And it's got a little bit of stuff for everybody. But this song really, uh, yeah. this one's a good one. So, fuck, what the fuck is it called? I gotta, like, just, I gotta probe the memory reader. banks. Get a and clean read of this one so we can punch okay. it in. Yeah. I'm all
2: of no, you're not.
1: You're <laughs> just gonna keep all this in. Yeah. Yeah. It's called On My Moon, is the name of this song. And it's off of his release called May. And you can find it on his band camp or at quinhenrymulligan.com. Fantastic. Well, for Dylan Jenkins, for Nate, for Andy, this is Drew. We will see you next week on Hot Garbage. And it's on the moon, not my moon. I was, I'm, I'm going to correct that now and you can't take it out. So (laughs) fuck. Yeah. Internet. Let's do this.
5: Way!